Hello and welcome to Superfancast. My name is Chris and I'm joined by Matt. This is Season 3, Episode 7. This week we're going to dip our toes into the world of K-pop. We'll find out what's been happening in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and discover what latest 2002 album Chris is raving about. Hi Matt. Hi Chris. You remember the uh, good old days when we were releasing a new episode every couple of weeks? <laughs> I haven't spoken to you in ages. Like, what, yeah. what has happened? I know. There's just so much going on. Life's, life's just fast and busy. And I've been really ill. I've been like the toxic Avenger. Absolutely <laughs> awful. Yeah. Yeah, that's not funny. That's not funny. I'm sorry to hear that. But you've, you've also been busy. Like you're in, you're in about 400 different bands now. That's not true. <laughs> that's pretty true. Bands. It's about 400, uh, isn't it? Close. Well, try to get in there. Get in there. And you're playing every single instrument that was ever invented. It's not true. Well, why'd you come up with this stuff? Where'd you're, you come up with this stuff? You've you've been doing you've been playing sax lately, you've been playing bass, you've been playing um you've been playing double bass, haven't you? Yeah, that's 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 three. It's <laughs> three more than I've been playing. Oh, bless you. Okay. Alright, fair <laughs> enough. Do you wanna know what I've been listening to from two thousand and two? Well yeah, after that uh exciting introduction. Yeah. I think two thousand and two is becoming my one of my favourite... I don't, I don't think it's the act, the year 2002, but it's certainly, like, right in the middle of my one of my favourite eras. I think those early noughties were, were brilliant. And, yeah, so much good stuff came out in 2001, 2002. Oh, on a side note, you know who I went to see a couple of weeks ago? Oh, yes. The greatest band of all time. I went to see the greatest band of all time, My Vitriol, and it was a proper 2001, 2002 fest. Because it was actually a hundred reasons gig, and there was hundred reasons hell is for heroes and my vitriol, and there was no one there under the age of. Well, I you know, yeah, there was there were some younger folk there, but I mean the youngest people there were like mid twenties, so it wasn't your usual, you know, gig at the at the Apollo on a on a Saturday night. And was it as good as you hoped? My vitriol were brilliant. Yeah, my vitriol was so good. I didn't see hell is for heroes. And I, I saw a bit of Hundred Reasons, but I was the thing was I, I really wanted to to meet Sam, and I knew that he was going to be hanging around a certain place afterwards. So I kind of left after my vitriol and and just waited for a long time <laughs> until Sam turned up, um, and then got to hang out with him for a bit, which was really cool. Uh, and uh, you know, I hung out with some other people and just had a good time. And yeah, did, who's 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 Sam for? The uh, uneducated, oh, re- the, the really uneducated. You mean, Son Wardner is the, uh, the 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 singer, guitarist, and brains behind uh, my vitriol. And he's the, he's more than just that, you know, because he writes everything for my vitriol. The songs are his songs. They're not they're not really the you know the band plays them, but it but it's it's Son's creations. Uh, so yeah, it was it was fantastic. It was really really good. Um, and and I, I guess they had such a good time that they after those they, you know, they did a few gigs supporting 100 Reasons and they've decided to now do a do a headline gig first headline gig they've done in a long time in November uh, at Scala so I got tickets for that and and, and really psyched about that you're pissing your pants with excitement <laughs> it's a sopping sopping mess down there mate good grief okay well good luck to you dude I'm, I'm pleased for you <laughs> good luck to you <laughs> Deary me. Well, anyway, 2002 is becoming one of my favourite years. And another album that came out in 2002 was a, another 
blinding debut is See This Through and Leave, which is a really hard name to say. See This Through and Leave by Cooper Temple Claws. Uh, Did you ever discover Cooper Temple Claws? Uh, I've heard of them. I thought you were going to say Heart in Here by Nelly. Oh, God, did that come out in 2002? It did. <laughs> what? And why would you think I was going to say that? I don't know. I was just, I was just messing with you. No, go on. <laughs> yeah, Cooper Temple Claws, really, really cool band. And really of their time. And another another band on that same vein of, like, My Vitriol, Vex Red, and now Cooper Temple Claws as well, a band that uh, came out around that time, had a blinding debut. The, the, the best best thing they ever released was their debut album. And then they kind of dried up, and I think they I think they split up after I could be wrong, maybe three albums, two or three, and and then did their own thing. But really, really great record that. Um, if you haven't listened to Cooper Temple Claws before, definitely listen to that. See this through and leave. It's called. It's dirty. It's heavy. It's really British and a little bit punky, and not just punky. Actually, it's also a little bit Brit poppy. There's there's times when sounds like an angry oasis <laughs> a little bit angry oasis um but the but the like the 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 really key factor about them which is something i love about vex red as well is they've got this mix of electronic they've got this kind of electronic vein through that gives them a kind of space rocky sound at times you know they've got like synthesizer um keyboards um Actually, I'm just looking at the, uh, uh, the the instruments they got on this album here. So they, yeah, so they got keyboard, synthesizer, vocoder. What's a farfizer? Um, I don't know. Let's let's find out. F A R F I S A. Oh, it's a cute little organ. It looks like a little Fisher Price toaster. It looks like a little bit. It, honestly, it looks. <laughs> it's it's well. I'm sure it's a very well uh, received instrument, like a, a proper collector's item. All right. It's, it, it looks like a little baby, a little child's keyboard. Interesting. Well, they got it's one of those real. on this album. So, right. so yeah, you get you get the vibe. You get the vibe. I get the vibe. Really, really good. Really good. Um, check it out. Uh, actually, I first discovered Cooper Temple Claws because there was a Kerrang compilation, a compilation CD that came with Kerrang, and I think it was called. It was one. They had a whole series of CDs called The Devil's Music, and this was one of the Devil's Music albums. And it had a track on there called The Devil Walks in the Sand by Cooper Ooh. Temple Claws, which isn't on one of their studio albums. It was on an EP that they released a, f- a couple of years or a bit before their debut album. And that tune is is blinding. Really, really good. Awesome. Um, Check it out. Yeah. So that's Cooper Temple Claws, 2002. Yeah, I've also been listening to kind of sticking to that same theme of trying to inject a bit of electronic music into my life which is which was brought on by you because you recommended Power Glove and that 2043 volume 1 by Power Glove is still yeah still very strong in rotation for me I listen to it a lot still plugged into your brain it is still plugged into my brain yeah it's really really good it's not long enough is the problem I think it's only it's only like 25 minutes long that yeah, yeah it's funny it's funny because you're so obsessed with power glove but they aren't even the bands that i they're not even the bands you meant yeah <laughs> i was telling you about power space glove which is a, a crazy speed rock band yeah and, and you're, you're more into the uh it's the one that that you you mistook them for yeah but have you listened to them the one that i mistook them for yeah they're cool yeah they're really cool really trippy they're really quite, cool. um, blade quite blade runnery oh mate you've nailed it you've nailed it but but actually 
Van Gallis does a does a fantastic job scoring Blade Runner, but if you listen to the, that that soundtrack without the movie, it doesn't do much for me. It doesn't. It it kind of drags on a little bit. It's very samey and on one level. But the but, but Power Glove does a much better job, I think, of of kind of taking me to that space, that, that Blade Runner universe. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I think that's probably what they want to do anyway. What I was going to say was, so again, in that in that vein of electronic music, I've been listening to a little bit of industrial metal from the 90s. I've been looking for, you know, when you're looking for something, but you haven't quite, I haven't quite found it. I don't know what it yeah. is I'm looking for, but when I hear it, I'll know it. So I was listening yeah. to some ministry, um, a band called Prong, an album called Cleansing, which is, yeah, Cleansing is quite a good album, Cleansing, but it's, it's not quite what I was looking for. So I've been playing around a little bit with industrial metal, but yeah, I've not, I've not quite, not quite nailed it yet. Yeah. Actually, just thinking about it, I haven't listened to any Mortis recently. I reckon he might, maybe he'll scratch my itch. <laughs> he'll scratch your itch. He'll come at you with a little back scratcher. Brehove. <laughs> Got a weird little story. Mm. I mean, you're going to think I'm insane. But I have been listening to a bit of Iron Maiden. Again. Okay. And the reason is because I had a bit of a strange experience. So uh, I've been really ill the last couple of weeks. Like it's like a cold, but like if a cold had evolved into the next level, <laughs> some, some kind of cold squared. And uh, one night I just couldn't sleep. So I went downstairs and I took something from the medicine cupboard. I won't say what it was, but I was like, this is going to help me. I'm going to try and sleep. So I went back to bed. And you know when you're kind of, you're not sure if you're awake or asleep. Yeah. But you, you open your eyes. And I looked around and all over my bed, I could see like, you know, the Iron Maiden crowds that they have at their massive concerts. Mm. It was like that all over my bed. <laughs> all these little people. It was like, it was like Gulliver's Travels, you know, all these little people. The, med- and, the medicine uh, cover will do that sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> the medicine cover. And um, they they were all over me and they were like, oh, Matt, you can do it. You can go to sleep. You know, we believe in you. <laughs> they were they, like really cheering me on. They were waving their flags and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, this is weird. Um, so I fell back to sleep and then open my eyes again, possibly, or might have been still dreaming, not sure. And I saw them all again around me, just all over, all over my bed. Yeah, come on, you can do it, Matt. All these Iron Maiden fans. <laughs> And uh, I know, right? And then um, um, I opened my eyes again, and uh, you never guess what I saw um, on my bed. Well, he was—he had one leg on my bed. Who's Eddie? Uh, no, it was Steve Harris, <laughs> bass, the bass player from Iron Maiden, and he and he was smoking a big cigar, and he was like, "Oh, Matt, you can go to sleep. We'll be—you'll be all right." And. Uh, it was it was bizarre, you know. Like he had his shorts on. Like he always wears shorts. And uh, um, and I woke up and I was like, what "The frick was going on?" And so since then, I've been like, you know, maybe Steve Harris is like my spirit animal. And maybe. I've been I've been listening to Iron Maiden just just out of curiosity. Like, has it done something to my brain? I don't know. I don't, is there some sort of message I can get from it? Something that that's that's important. I don't know. It is. It just it was the most vivid thing. And has have you have you discovered something in the music? No, no. Except that I really like the <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call this segment "Tales from the Medicine Cupboard." Oh yeah, yeah. That's a cool name for a for an album, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So I have been listening to a bit of Iron Maiden because of because of that, um, and it was it's so vivid and it's still stuck in my head. But that, I'll always remember that. 
Um, I've been listening to other things besides that. There is a DJ slash producer collective based in Berlin, and they've got a very cool name. They're called Jazzanova. All right. Got to do I, don't know if I, I don't know if I think that's a very cool name. I think it's really cool. I love yeah. it. Jazzanova. It's like... Um, I wouldn't explain it to you, but you, you, you get the idea. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> you got it. You got the pun. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's it's very jazzy, new, new, well, new jazz with an NU. Yeah. Um, chill out music, you know, mixed with electronic. And there's an album called The Pool, which I've been really digging, actually, really loving. It's, it's full of guest singers. Like every song has a different vocalist um i couldn't tell you who any of them are except for jamie callum <laughs> but they're all really good they're really fun he's a uh, he's a standard isn't he he, he has to appear yeah. if it's modern jazz he has to appear yeah god it's just like so predictable but you know whatever it's fine if it, if it helps sell records okay <laughs> yeah. fine and it's super cool and i love this i love this album and i'll probably listen to it until i get sick of it uh, which may be very soon because <laughs> i'm listening to this a lot it's it's super cool, just just really nice, love it. Mm, that's cool. I like your passion for it. Uh, I also checked out an album which you recommended to me. Um, oh dear. I guess it's it's uh, well it's 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 on the Korean theme. Sagunga. Oh yeah, Lee I know who you Yoshi. mean. <laughs> you did probably did a better job than I would have done. <laughs> S- I'm not going to do a Korean accent. God, um, Sagunga by Lee Nalchi. So these guys, um, I mean, at first I listened to it because you said this is like a Korean Mr. Bungle and immediately I was like, okay, yes, <laughs> I'm going to check it out. And I can see that. I can see what you mean. So they've got two bass players and a percussionist and about five vocalists. And they're all... Is that what they're made uh, up of? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, the vocalists are very, like almost like caricatures yeah quite quite cartoony cartoony. yeah cartoony yeah I've got a vibe of like Captain Beefheart you know this kind of weird slightly you know anarchic you know bonkers cartoon land Um, and then I looked into it and actually like that might be a little bit offensive because because this album is based on like a, a traditional folk tale almost like a fable um, it's like a, a Korean um, s- storytelling musical tradition. Oh, right. Um, but they're doing it in this sort of their own wacky way. Yeah, I don't think um, that's offensive then. It's clearly, um, you know, their approach is clearly a little bit, a little bit, yeah, well, like you say, a little bit wacky, a little bit. Yeah, it is. It is. It is, it is yeah, it is like tongue in cheek. It's a bit, it is, it is kind of comedy. But like, I thought it was just, just batshit bonkers mm. you know nonsense but actually it's not it's it's a it's a story um a classical story and the story is basically uh like a, a terrapin had been asked by the king to look for a rabbit's liver um because if you eat the rabbit's liver it will cure the disease of, that the king was dying from and this terrapin goes on a magical adventure to find a rabbit and steal its liver interesting and yeah, and the the rabbit tricks the terrapin into not taking his liver and going away. So, yeah, there's all sorts of twists and turns. Like, one of the tracks is called You Are Just a Tiny Bunny! Exclamation <laughs> mark. 
Never I, hadn't looked at, I hadn't looked at the track listings. Tiger is coming, and then later on, Tiger's third leg. I don't know what interesting the mean. So it's kind of more like um like a Primus concept album. Yeah, it, it's oh, it's so yes, that's a great uh, comparison actually. Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the bass is so kind of like Magnificent Seven, that kind of kind of theme. Magnificent oh, the, Seven, the... Magnif- the trial of the. I'm, I make, oh, <laughs> I'm thinking of my feet. What was it called? That that's, that's, that's that's a Western movie. Uh, the Desaturating Seven. Desaturating Seven. Yeah, <laughs> Magnificent Seven. <laughs> um, yeah, and and the, the bass is very cool. Like it's these it's two bass players, and it's funky and weird and jazzy at the same time. Uh, it's it's hard to explain. It's really strange. I knew you'd yeah, like that when I when I heard it. I thought, yeah, this is. Matt's gonna like this. Yeah, but the bass is so in your face, like wow, you know, it's just yeah. so. This is about the bass and the and the vocals, you know, to, just take it all in, listen to us, um, and and I checked a performance on YouTube of these guys, and I expected them to wear traditional Korean clothes. I don't know mm. why, um, but they're all dressed like the coolest hip hop street dance group you've ever <laughs> seen. Uh, it's it's wacky and bizarre so check them out lee nelchi yeah good one i'm glad you like that just bonkers yeah i love it i love it well i've got um whilst we're on the theme of k-pop not k-pop we're on the theme of korean music so um i'm gonna i've got a little quiz for you which i thought would be a bit of fun (laughs) because a lot of this this episode is going to be about you know a pretty big pretty big k-pop band that a lot of people have heard of now We've talked in the past about some K-pop bands that have a lot of members. Yes. They like that. They they love that actually. Yeah. There's like yes. a million and one groups with ten plus members. Yeah. I wanted to play a little game of what was that show that Bruce Forsyth used to present, where they'd flip a card over and you'd have to say higher or lower for the next card. Play your cards right. Play your cards right. So it's kind of like K-pop. Play your cards right. Wow. Okay, so I'm going to okay. give you. I'm going to give you a group. The first one, I just want you to uh, to guess how many members they have, and then from after after that, you're going to say higher or lower for the next. Okay. Okay. Cool. I like this. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to start with K-pop group Treasure. This is all boys. This group Treasure. Treasure. Um. So this is your starting mark. Starting. Give me a number. Okay. Six. Oh, mate, you're not even. Not even close. Treasure have 12 members. Okay, that's the starting. Starting mark. Now, Treasure, just a little fun fact about Treasure. Treasure don't have a very big discography. They have a very big filmography. They've done television shows, web series, and web shows. I don't know what web... What's the difference between a web... A web show is just like a one-off, is it? Like a a live... I don't know. Anyway, from their web shows, uh, the band's called Treasure. They've got one show called The Three Minute Treasure, which I thought was a fun name. Um, they've got another. <laughs> it's a bit sad, isn't it? The three minute treasure. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be known most... as the three minute treasure, do you? This my husband, That's... the three minute treasure. It's the worst nickname ever. <laughs> Definitely. They also did the Treasure Studio in 2020 and Treasure World Map in 2023. Oh, um, I can see a picture of them. There's, they make a nice little um, formation. <laughs> they do. There's a lot of a lot of these groups make little formations. So from Treasure, they were twelve members. Mm. The next group we have is Top Dog. Top. Do you think that's higher or lower than Treasure? 
um, higher. You're right. It is higher. You got a higher vibe, and you were right. They have 13 members. They went for an odd number. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, well, I guess I guess you can have like you know six on one side, six on the other, and have a guy in the middle. A guy in the middle. Yeah. The the numbers the numbers have gone up and down over the years for Top Dog, but they peaked at 13. It's all guys. Top Dog again. Um, Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Next we have Golden Child. Which is a really, it's an odd name for a group. Golden Child, okay. Uh, so more or less than 13. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, that's Steve Harris blowing smoke in my face. <laughs> so, um, God, I'm, I'm nervous now. I'm going to go with higher. No, Golden Child only have 11 members. Uh, but Golden Child in 2017... They were officially appointed the Ambassadors for Career Scout Association. Wow. So there you go. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it... Well, I don't know. I guess, like, isn't Bear Grylls, like, in the UK? He's he's an ambassador for our Scout Association. Did I make that up? I think yeah, that's true, right. isn't it? Uh, he seems like the kind of person that would be, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah. they're a bit like Bear Grylls. I guess so. Korea. 11, 11 <laughs> Korean boys. They, like... go out, eat, they go out, you know, like, eating poo and... <laughs> that we're not saying that golden child go out eating poo oh dear okay next we have super junior do you think super junior are more super or less than 11 members <laughs> super junior i'm i i've got to say higher yeah you're right they have 15 guys yeah it's got to be with a name like that yeah super junior well it wasn't their first name they before they settled on the name super junior uh, they were thinking of being called over which stands for Obey the Voice for Each Rhythm. Ooh, that's a cool name. Oh, is it? I think that's an awful name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see. I'm seeing pictures of them. Yeah, I mean... It, 15's getting I mean, a lot, isn't it? It's becoming quite, a lot. I, I don't quite understand what the idea is behind having so many members. Like, you just lose track of them, you know? Like, you, you've got to... You know, the, the, the photographers have got to stand so far back. Get, it's a lot. 15 in. is a lot. I mean, That's even 10 a is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, maybe it's merchandise. You know, you've got a, a doll for each one. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it could be a merch thing. Yeah. But so, it's a lot of numbers. So last group on the on the list is NCT. NCT. Um, More so or less than 15. 15. Oh, I'm really scared. I mean, they, they can't be more than 15. Surely, surely to goodness. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with higher. Yep, 21 guys. Oh, yes. It's <laughs> insane. So, so NCT are really kind of unique. And I've got this vague memory. I think we might have talked about them before on the podcast. So NCT are made up of a bunch of what they call subunits that focus on different regions or different types of promotional content. So right. um, within NCT, they have NCTU, which is a rotational lineup of members that they use depending on the concept of the song. So you could have, you know, one song has got six different people in it and then a different song has got a completely different six people because the theme of the song was different. Mm-hmm. Then they've got the NCT 127, which is... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys. And they don't really have a... I don't know what the NCT 127 do that is different to NCTU, but that's just ten of them. 
Then they have NCT Dream. Again, this is another group of guys. Wavy, NCT Doje Jung, and NCT Tokyo. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's NCT twenty one members. There's got to be. Yeah, there's got to be. There can't be anyone else. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking them up. They they've got. Um, their members are from all over Asia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They have members from a lot of different countries, don't they? Yeah, and I think that. So I think I did do a bit of reading on them. So I think the plan from the corporation that set them up was specifically so that they could tour simultaneously they could do more gigs and things and and be have more appearances than any other band so you know rake more money in yeah i can understand the uh business strategy there i, I guess yeah and, and why else would you join the band other than for business well exactly it's, it's business at the end of the day isn't it yeah. so there we go you uh you do know your your k-pop groups i think I wasn't keeping track, but if I was to guess, I reckon you've got about 50% of those. Oh, wow. Amazing. Excellent. Killing it. Uh, how, how many um, How many members do you think is too many? Eight. Eight for, for a boy band or just for any kind of group? No, I think for a band that's playing instruments, I think it's different. But, yeah. I mean, if you're all just sit, sitting on white stalls and wearing suits, I think eight yeah. is the max of them. Yeah, Even that's a, a bit much, stalls. isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's. It, I mean, I thought I thought seven was a lot. Seven is still a lot. Interesting boy band fact for you uh, that I didn't think to mention at the time. But I just remembered now. So on that debut album from Cooper Temple Claws, they in the liner notes they thanked uh, Five and Westlife because oh. Five and Westlife were both signed to the same label as them, and they yes. said that thanks to Five and Westlife's success. They managed to get more funding <laughs> for their album. Bonkers. All right, should we get into some BTS? <laughs> BTS, the Bulletproof Boy Scouts, the Bangtan Boys, are a South Korean boy band that formed in 2010 under Big Hit Entertainment. Did you know they were called the, the Bangtan Boys? I did, yes. Oh, did you know they were the Bulletproof Boy Scouts? I did. Oh, God, you know your stuff. That's, that's, that's all I know about them. <laughs> they formed in 2010, and actually they were originally conceived as a hip-hop group to support RM. RM was one of their members, and he was an up-and-coming underground rapper. And Big Hit Entertainment took on RM and wanted to build a group around him. But they eventually changed their tactic and decided to form a boy band. Why, did, why do you think they did that? money yes they said it was more marketable so they decided to to become a boy band as good a reason as any mm -hmm. so bts yeah. are made up of seven members which we established is one beneath the maximum yes <laughs> three of those members are recognized as rappers so almost 50 percent of them are rappers so there is still that hip-hop edge mm-hmm since their debut in 2014, they've been releasing music in both Korean and Japanese and have put out nine LPs and eight EPs. They've, they've almost, apart from one, one occasion when they didn't, they've almost always just released a Korean album and a Japanese album the same year. I didn't really get to the bottom of why they did that, um, other than is there just a big scene in Japan? And they, they thought, oh, 
these guys are going to have to learn Japanese and relief music in Japan as well. Uh, maybe. I mean, yeah, maybe. Maybe they just have a huge following in Japan. I remember when I was in Japan, there was a load of BTS posters everywhere. They were like, they were marketing, you know, fashion labels and mm. all sorts of things. So, I wonder funny. if other artists from Big Hit have have made it in Japan, and so they just see that as a yeah as a standard route for them yeah maybe maybe um 2016 they they really started to make an impact in both korea and overseas so their korean language album wings was the first number one they had in korea it wasn't just the first number one they had in korea actually it was kind of the first charting record they had in korea the, the albums prior to that didn't do phenomenally well uh in korea or overseas uh, at all but Wings went to number one in Korea, and it was number 26 on the Billboard 200. So they kind of broke the US almost the same time as they broke Korea. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah. Then by 2018, so two years later, they made their first number one um, in uh, in the US. And they'd truly broken the Western market by then. The UK, they were um, they, met, they had a number one as well that year in, in the UK. So, um, mm. yeah, not bad. Really, yeah, incredible. Towards the end of 2022, towards the end of last year, they announced a scheduled separation so some of the older members could complete their military duties. I think they'd, a few of them had put in requests to defer that and they'd kind of deferred it for the maximum number of years that they could and so they, they have to go and do that now. They are planning on a 2025 comeback and mm. as far as I can tell, everything on the internet suggests that is definitely going to happen. In the time that they have separated, and I think also just from slightly before that that was announced, a few of them have embarked on solo careers, which I think uh, mm-hmm. they're very successful. Yeah. What do you know about uh, BTS prior to this episode? Um, almost nothing, to be honest, prior mm. to this episode. Uh, I had heard a few of their songs and seen some videos and was in awe of how well they conduct themselves on stage you know like how how good they are at dancing and how classy they look and you know i i I think it's important that musicians singers look good on stage and they do that really well Mm. and they they dance really well and uh, there was there was a a video i have to try and find it but um it was it was comparing the backstreet boys to bts like their their dancing styles okay and and it's just like another level. It's, it's it's you're almost embarrassed for the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, yeah, I can get that. I mean, they're yeah, they're they're, they're so clean, aren't they? They're, yeah. You... But um, I mean, having a look at them, you know, in the last couple of weeks, like they they, they seem like genuinely, you know, lovable, very individual, you know, very um, like a close knit group of friends. And and I know that a lot of you know a lot of groups uh music groups they, they do but but these guys seem genuine you know and and uh they write their own lyrics and their lyrics are very you know they cover a lot of of good issues you know i didn't i didn't look into that at all so do they write they write their own tunes or is it just the yeah. lyrics they they write yeah they 
well, I know I know you're a bit um, suspicious when I say this, but you know they they, they, they co-write. co-write. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but you know the, the the lyrics are you know they they cover a lot of mental health issues and um, you know social justice issues and things like that. So um, you know it's it's not it's it's not what you'd expect from the term boy band. I don't like yeah. the word boy. I don't I don't like that phrase, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I get the impression that their their image and their message is almost more important than the actual music. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people online, a lot of fans online, and even people that had emailed us prior to recording the episode, their reasons for liking BTS is you know you do an episode on Pearl Jam, and everyone's reason for liking Pearl Jam is the music, and they go on about the tunes and the live performance, but when people explain what they love about BTS, a lot of the time it's to do with the message that they portray and the, the causes yeah. that they fight for. And yeah. And that's really very cool. Different. I, I, I really respect that a lot. Yeah. Mm. And I suggested we did a BTS episode because their, their fan base just are incredibly passionate. I just unreal. You know, uh, I was looking at Facebook fan groups and honestly, this is the first bands or artists that we've looked at that have a a group that have more than like more than a million members well these these groups had like two three four million members that's insane honestly like it's, it's unreal yeah that they, they are called the army and yeah they are definitely an army like you you, you wouldn't want to take on these fans in a fight <laughs> wow that's too like <laughs> aside from the bts thing just generally, that's too many for a Facebook group, isn't it? It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. It must be so yeah. hard to actually achieve anything in that group, like to actually say anything and for it to be noticed. The, the, they are known as the ARMY, which is an, an acronym for Adorable Representative MC for Youth. Of course, uh, it, so they, of course it is. So they translate the group's lyrics and social media posts into other languages. Also, I found quite a few Guinness World Records that BTS... Uh, have claimed to oh cool go for it yeah this is in 2022 so let me see so they are the most followed well as as of 2022 the most followed music group on instagram most followed music group on tiktok most followed music act on twitter most stream group on spotify uh most twitter engagements for a music group so average retweets their song butter was the most viewed youtube video in 24 hours and most streamed track on Spotify in the first 24 hours of its release. Wow. So all pretty bonkers, really. Also... But do you hear, so, like, for all that, I just don't hear them that much. Do you hear them? Like, and I do listen to mainstream radio sometimes. Like, I listen to Absolute in the mornings. Absolute radio is on during breakfast time and stuff. I've, I don't think I've ever heard a BTS song. I mean, I've heard a couple of songs on, like, really poppy mainstream stations you know like like when you go to the barbers and they put that on yeah <laughs> but apart from that no i don't hear them at all to be honest uh but i guess if you are if you're one of the young'uns who are into instagram and tiktok then you would s- see them all the time wouldn't you that's just yeah maybe it's just, just the platform is different nowadays maybe the maybe way it goes yeah. yeah it's not it's not radio anymore it's social media yeah you're you know? right and they're big on social media another record i found so in May 2021, they were the quickest acts to achieve four uh, number ones in nine months 
since the Jackson Five in nineteen seventy. Mm. Yeah. It's not bad, is it? Four number ones not in bad. nine months. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. So these guys are a big deal. And apparently during their military service, the loss of the South Korean economy was nearly thirty nine billion, or they they estimated. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. <clears throat> it's crazy, yeah. Korea just generally on a side note is Korea's killing it lately. That Korean TV, I mean, my wife watches Korean dramas. That's that's pretty much the only genre of TV show she watches these days, like Korean really? dramas. Yeah. Netflix is full of a million Korean dramas. Yeah. Best TV show I've seen in a long time was Physical 100 on Netflix. That was Korean. A lot of Korea. More than just Squid Game. More than just Squid Game, but yeah, that was another, you know, that was that was the biggest thing on Netflix, wasn't it, when that came mm-hmm. out? Yeah. Um, for me, BTS, I've... Yeah, I really don't know their music at all. Um, in preparation for this episode, I did listen to uh, the first three Korean albums. I haven't listened to any of the Japanese ones. And yeah, I, I definitely didn't recognize any of the tracks. I don't know how I've managed to avoid it. I just don't, I don't think that it's being played on radio because those are the those are the places that I consume music, either listening to it on the radio or choosing what I listen to by going on YouTube or Spotify or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just hadn't come across it. So I don't really know much about BTS at all, really, until researching a little bit for this episode and speaking to our super fan. We did get uh, a couple of emails from different people and we ended up speaking to Kaylee here in the UK. I spoke to Kaylee a little while ago, but it's still reasonably fresh in my mind. And I remember enough that it was a great conversation. My voice is horrific. So hopefully I've managed to fix the sound of my voice so that it's listenable. Yes. I only kind of started getting into them since 2017. Um, So, I mean, before that and and to this day now, I'm more of a rock and heavy metal person. Um, Mm. And I've more sort of just grown to love K-pop as well. Um, But generally it is mainly sort of heavy metal and rock. (laughs) Oh, wow. Very different. Yeah, Slipknot was one of my favourites. <laughs> oh, right. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So when was the first time that you heard BTS? Do you remember that? Um, th- that was in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going on YouTube and just having a little look on K-pop in general because I knew a couple of songs, but I wasn't very interested in K-pop at that time. But I knew a couple of other bands that obviously was um, that I was looking into and then BTS popped up for me on YouTube on my recommended and I listened to one song and that was it I was just instantly in love with them um, and then I've just been a fan of them ever since basically <laughs> do you remember what that one song was um, I think it was DNA and um, I kind of then just started listening to the album that was uh, coming out at that time as well um, and I've just yeah and then I've been a massive fan since and am I correct in thinking I did look into their live shows a bit and am I correct in thinking they haven't really toured that much here in the UK uh, they haven't really toured that much outside of Asia actually have they only done two shows here in the UK they have um, they was going to come back again um, the last time I saw them was let me just double check I think it was 2019 um, when I went to their Wembley show um, I went to both of them, both dates that was that they were there. Um, 
they was going to come back the next year, but the pandemic hit. And then um, obviously they've only done Asian tours since really so yeah it's a shame they haven't come back obviously but <laughs> but it does mean that you've seen them 100 percent of the time that they've been here yeah i saw them once um at their first ever one in the uk which was um at the o2 arena um in 2018 and then um i saw them at the both dates for their wembley stadium concert in 2019 mm. And do you have in-person friends that are BTS fans as well? Uh, yeah, my mum. Right. <laughs> She's one of them. I actually got, because I started listening to them quite often, and at the time I was still living at home. Um, and I said to my mum, look, I really want to go to their concert and see them live. Would you come with me? And of course, my mum being supportive as, as she is, <laughs> she was like, yeah, all right then. Wasn't really a massive fan at the time, but she I then introduced her a little bit more to their music and she is now a massive fan of them as well. Um, I also have several friends who are also fans um, and my nan also really likes them as well. This <laughs> band generation. Yeah, yeah. What was the live show like? They were all amazing. Um, the first one is a, it was massively hectic because I've never been to a K-pop concert or anything like that before. Um, and we queued up for four and a half hours for merchandise um, oh, wow. when they were at the O2. It was absolutely insane. And even my mum said she's never been anywhere where it's been like that at all. And she, my mum's seen all big top bands before, like Foo Fighters, Lincoln Park, you know, she's seen loads of different people live and she said she has never ever seen it like this ever and it was a bit hectic inside as well because we was on the floor section and it it you literally was just like proper sardines and there the people fainting and everything it was a little bit you know it was awful to kind of but it was a really good experience don't get me wrong but it was just like pandemonium um so but the the second time when they were back over for their Wembley stadium it was a lot more it was arranged better and you know even if you was on the floor it was all seated but obviously you could stand up and obviously enjoy yourself but it was a lot less there wasn't people you know getting hurt or anything like that so what is the the UK fan base like then because I, I don't listen to, to any k-pop and I'm, I'm maybe a little bit sheltered from it but certainly the press in the last couple of years has uh, certainly implied that BTS is the biggest thing since sliced bread. Um, so they obviously have a, a major following here in the UK. What What, what is that, that fan base like here? They are really lovely. Uh, I've made quite a few friends um, on certain groups and things like that. And when we were actually in um, going to the Wembley Stadium concerts, they had two pop-up shops that were happening um, around London at that time. Um, and we went to both of them and even when we were standing in the queues and everything and waiting people were just like coming up to you and handing out little photo cards and sweets and everyone there was just genuinely lovely and if somebody there was like getting too emotional or there was a couple of people that obviously weren't feeling well from standing in the queues for so long you know they would just they would do whatever they could to you know be really helpful and they helped you out and it was so it was really lovely and genuinely everyone that I've met in the fandom themselves are really nice people and is the fan base here in the UK predominantly sort of expat Koreans or uh, is that not the case um, not really no <laughs> I mean there's <laughs> all sort there's all sort of there's all sort of different people and as I say it's not just a certain 
generation of people either like you've got older people like my mom um and even my like you know like people my nan's age it, it it spans through different age groups as well as different ethnic groups as well so it the whole thing it's not and it's also obviously not just based on gender either there's there's so many it's just the wide range of fandom in general uh, and so with regards to the music, they obviously release music in Korean and Japanese. And I'm assuming, you, well, I shouldn't make an assumption, but uh, that you don't speak fluent Korean or Japanese? Uh, no, I speak, I can speak Japanese. Um, oh. Not massively fluent, but um, I, I do do lessons and I have certain, I have a few Japanese friends, so I, oh, nice. I do speak oh, nice. um, some Japanese, it's only, very, only small vocabulary, but I'm a lot better at reading and writing. Um, I, I don't know Korean at all, um, so I'm probably not the best person to ask about Korean. <laughs> so when it comes to their music, you obviously can't speak for the whole fan base, but is there a preference for you with regards to the language as to uh, which, which music you listen to whether it's the Korean or Japanese or is it not so important it's not so important to me um I mean I pref I do prefer more of their Korean songs than I do the Japanese ones but um in general I like them both because even you you can kind of tell the difference so, you know it it sounds different to to your ears when you listen to one in Japanese and then one in Korean so it it to me it's nice to sort of hear the two difference even if it's the same song it's i just find it quite nice and there's obviously a lot more going on with bts than just the music they've built an entire brand and i don't want to use the word political but there's certainly a lot going on on the sidelines how much from your perspective how much of bts is the music and how much of it is the people uh, it's really difficult i mean to me it's kind of like 50 50 but I know, obviously, some people have got different opinions, but to me, I listen to, obviously, them just, you know, f for their music, but also they have influenced so many people in their lives, and I loved watching their speeches at the United Nations, and in general, they are very caring and very loving people, and they will do anything for their fans and even people that they don't meet or know, um, and I think it's a really good thing to do, especially when you suffer with um mental health issues and things like that as well and you know growing up growing up's hard it's not it's not meant to be easy um but obviously they they want to do their part to help with that and help you going through that and you know they also set up a, um, a charity as well um for anti-violence um, so as well, if if you're going through anything that's violent or anything like that, um, they also want to help support you in that way as well. Yeah, and we received a few emails about this episode uh, by BTS fans uh, wanting to, to feature on the episode. And, um, you know, I observed and I was saying that more so than any other band that we've covered, the emails that we received weren't necessarily about how much they loved the music, but it was all kind of touched upon the the, the message that BTS portray and and what they mean and the, the causes they fight for. Um, and it's definitely noticeable um, uh, about BTS fans more so than, yeah, as I say, any other band that we've covered. Um, now, memorabilia, you, you queued for four and a half hours uh, at one of their shows and 
Uh, there's a few pop-up shops, so memorabilia is obviously a, a big deal. I've got a hell of a lot of memorabilia, um, all, all sort of different things. Um, I did make a list last night, but I'd probably it'd take me forever to go through it. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite piece? First pieces and favourite pieces? Um, so, I'm not sure about my first... I mean, probably the first pieces would have to be a couple of the albums, obviously. Um, but I did I did list, actually, what one of my favourite possessions is um and it was when i saw them for the first time at um the o2 arena um obviously where we was on the floor um, one of the last couple of songs they let off a bunch of streamers and obviously they came down and hit the crowd and everything else as well anyway when we was obviously queuing to leave which took a long time because we were sardined in there i picked up one of the streamers and i kept it <laughs> And I know it sounds really stupid, but it was something, you know, me and my mum went there together. We had a really lovely time. So it wasn't just for me. It was also, you know, this experience with my mum. And it genuinely was one of the best experiences that I've had in a long time. Um, So I I kept this streamer, even though it was all crinkled and horrible, (laughs) I still kept it. and I've got it now. It's in my display case, and I just—it's just to say, look, I was here <laughs> and I saw them. That was basically why I wanted to keep it. So that's probably one of my favourites. <laughs> no, that's a nice one. Is—is is there anything that you've got your eye on that you haven't got that you really want? Um, it is. I—I I do want a few more of the pop figures. Um, because I've only got um a few of my favourite members. I don't physically have the money to go out and buy all of them and the sense obviously they've then brought out several other ones as well so it it would take me a hell of a lot of money to buy it all mm. um and i would like some more of their older albums that i don't have um but again with the financial situation i'm in um i've just got to hope and pray that people buy them for me for my birthday or christmas <laughs> that's all i can say <laughs> do you have a favorite record by them i personally don't um i mean I, I kind of just listed but I do love them all because they're all obviously different um but I do really like the love yourself era albums um I like those a lot mainly because at the time when I first started listening to them love yourself her was the fir- was the one that I first brought mm-hmm. and um from then and then up until 2 years ago I was in a mentally abusive relationship um so for me the whole love yourself era um was my favorite because it helped me to kind of start learning to love myself more and sitting there and thinking actually i don't deserve this i need to do something about it and eventually it gave me the courage to do something about it so for me that will always hold a special place in my heart that whole era um of the love yourself so and what's the future for their music because they're on a hiatus at the moment aren't they for some of them doing national service or they've they've basically said that they will be back and i do believe that they will be um but i think you know they need to have time to themselves it's it's only fair you know they're you know they're they're so popular then you know they're only people at the end of the day they need to have time to themselves and when they're comfortable enough to obviously come back whether it be with some of the members or you know without them because they're doing the military service or anything it, it's up to them I don't think it's fair if fans sit there and say you shouldn't be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that you know because there are there are a few um not saying the majority of them are <laughs> um mm. but I think we just need to be supportive as fans and just 
let them do what they need to do. And if they want to go off and do solo albums, you need to sit there and support them as well. And, and are you, so yeah, so you're uh, following their solo careers as well, are you? Yes, um, more, more so than others. I know, I've, I know it sounds really bad, um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, obviously I do have a couple more favourite members than others. I love them all, um, but I've obviously followed a few more than, than I do the others. But I, I do like to listen to their solo albums as well. Awesome, awesome. Um, now, for people listening who don't necessarily know BTS's music, or not even their music, just who they are and, and what they're about, could you explain BTS to a bunch of toddlers and uh, get people interested? Um, so BTS is a Korean boy band, um, and they have taken the world by storm. Their music is not just only catchy, um, but they also involve people from different ethnic backgrounds and um you know different places all the way around the world and you know even if they speak in in korean english or japanese they try to um get people together just throughout their music and let them know that you know that they will support you no matter what you're going through in life and things will get better um life will go on you know it's and i do recommend you do at least try and listen to their music and you know try and get try and get involved with them because they have made a lot of differences in people's lives awesome thank you so much for your time Kaylee. really appreciate you no problem there we have it thank you Kaylee. Yeah. Yeah, also, um, Kaylee is a florist, and so uh, you did the interview during Mother's Day week, so that was a really big deal. Oh, I did, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, that's like Christmas for florists. Yeah, they hate it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Kaylee was awesome. She was really nice. I really enjoyed talking to her. Just very wholesome, isn't it? Like, I suppose they do have nutters that that are fans of BTS, but the vast majority of people are just so... I guess it's because of the message that BTS are putting across and, and, you know, all the charity work that they do and the, you know, the peace promoting that you tend to find that actually the fan bases are just... It's all pretty pretty loving and wholesome. Yeah, wholesome is a good... uh, Yeah, accurate word. Definitely. And now for a very important recurring segment. Matt's Music News. It's not, it's not, a, I've got no news. I've got no news. <laughs> Dude, I mean, t- to be fair, like a lot of our episodes have like a Matt's music news at the end, but we don't have the jingle. We don't have the name for it. You know, I just come in with random nonsense. No, I've got a jingle now, haven't I? I'm going to repeat that one. Yeah, you do. I, I know, but I'm, I'm just saying like. Uh, what you're saying is you, you want me to go back and edit all the old episodes to include your jingle. It's all about yeah. you, 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 isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> pretty much yeah i mean what news do you want you two you two have got a an album now like of, of um re what, how would you say it i don't know i don't know because i haven't been re- I, i'm aware that something's happening and i know they, that bono's been saying some rubbish as well they've redone he's always saying rubbish they've, they've redone old songs in, right in okay kind of new styles so right. that's a big thing and ed sheeran's got a new album out soon and he's got a new documentary out bloody blah, blah it's all boring all boring news lately no i just thought i'd mention the rock and roll hall of fame to you because it's been on my mind a lot because i'm part of about 20 iron maiden fan groups on facebook because of this podcast iron maiden were on the 
runnings to be inducted. And so every day people are posting saying like, oh, they're going to get a bit more votes, they're going to get more votes, they're going to make it, they're going to make it, they're going to make it. And so I just found it fascinating, like this this Rock and Roll of Fame, like what what is it? I don't know. It's, it's, I just find it a strange concept. Yeah, it is a strange one. So you sent me the link earlier today with the results. So is this, is this still ongoing? Yeah, still ongoing. Okay, yeah. so the current results, the current standing. And it, it is weird, isn't it? Like every year it's like this though. Is it more than once a year or is it just once a year they do it? I, think I it's guess it's just, just once, once a year. year. Uh, yeah, so, so every year it's like this where there's just people on here that... So on on this list, I'll start at the bottom because there's a few at the bottom that great artists but do not belong on this list for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tribe Called Quest. I'm not saying anything against Tribe Called Quest at all, but... There's nothing rock and roll about Tribe Called Quest. Similarly, Missy Elliott. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they just broaden the term rock and roll to just mean, like, influential music. music. Yeah, Just music. Just, just change the name. 201,000 votes for your favourite, Cheryl Crow. Ugh. Yeah, well, but she's not... The, the, the important thing is that the top five... Okay. You see, that the, the top five uh, are the ones that get sent to a panel of about a thousand people in the industry as it often happens and they will pick someone to be inducted top five george michael is one in the lead and i i didn't see him on the list like a couple of weeks ago so i'm wondering if i was not looking properly or if he's just been added but he's well in the lead because everyone loves george michael because he's just because he's brilliant um cindy lauper i don't know I mean, she's fun, but I wouldn't put her in the in the Hall of Fame. Um, Warren, Z- what, what? How do you pronounce his name? Warren Zevon. Yeah, I don't know. I've just googled him. I didn't know him. Have you heard of the song "Werewolves of London"? Maybe if I heard it, but I don't. The, the name doesn't ring a bell. No. That's that's all I know by him. But I, I I wouldn't put him in there for Werewolves of London, to be honest. And then there's Iron Maiden, and then Soundgarden, which is pretty cool. Yeah, Soundgarden deserve it, definitely. Iron Maiden do as well, actually, Like obviously. And I'm not against George Michael either being there, to be fair. So I think they're three good shouts. That was four, wasn't it, though? Who's the fifth one? Oh, Cindy Lauper. Yeah, Cindy Lauper. Yeah. yeah, I'm not... I don't know if I'm feeling Cindy Lauper being there. Especially when way down the list, you've got Rage Against the Machine, who I feel that... Yeah. I feel Rage Against the Machine have had a much bigger impact on at least their scene than Cindy Lauper had on any scene. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I, I mean, the, this is a public vote. You know, these are people voting online. So yes, you know. but yeah, but it is kind of uh, the, the the hard thing is. Do you remember when Eminem was on this list, and yeah. um, there was all this talk on on Eminem's Twitter like fan Twitter accounts, and they were like, "Oh, Eminem's got." Two point something million followers. If every one of you could vote, then he'll win it. Well, That's it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, does, is that a valid reason to get someone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because they have more Twitter followers? Maybe, maybe in the future that will be that will be uh, the reason. It's well, in the future, they'll just have to come up with a new a new system, like the system yeah. that they use for the Brit Awards. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, these top these top five will be voted by a panel of of like a thousand people. So it won't it won't necessarily be the most popular public voted act mm. but yeah it's 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 a bit of a strange system isn't it like it is yeah i, I don't i don't really get it and i and I, I googled it rock and roll hall of fame and immediately what came up on google 
<laughs> it's you know like like the Google Maps bit on your screen you know that's on the right hand side yeah. it's like a really ominous pyramid it's almost like serious Illuminati vibes really <laughs> it's a big pyramid like a glass pyramid random I don't know. It's just so random there's some interesting people on this list though like Joy Division as well a bit further down yeah I think Joy Division deserve to be up there Rage Against the Machine deserve to be up there come on Joy Division and Rage Against the Machine fans you gotta knock Warren and Cindy off that off that top five. Oh yeah yeah, I'd be happy. I'd be happy with that top five. It was George Michael, Joy Division, Rage Against the Machine, Iron Maiden, Soundgarden. Yeah, um, White Stripes. I'm not sh- not sure about them. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know. In fairness, I don't know enough by the White Stripes. You know, I I remember when they were very big, and you know, when Seven Nation Seven Nation Army came out, that was kind of the first song I'd heard by the White Stripes, and that's kind of blew them into the into the limelight, didn't it? Yeah, and. They were like the first bands that I'd heard that were like a two-piece. Uh, and then I got into the Black Keys. And it was phenomenal. Like, <laughs> so much better than the White Stripes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I kind of felt like the Black Keys sounded like a full band. But I don't think the White Stripes yes. ever did really sound like a full band. Uh, but I, but I, I get that Jack White has done a lot since then. And oh, yeah. is... Yeah. I don't know. Are people voting for the White Stripes because they love Jack White? Or do people look back on the White Stripes and just remember uh, and, and are kind of looking at it through rose-tinted glasses? I don't know. Did you love the White Stripes? Quite like the White Stripes. They're pretty cool. Um, but I'm a huge fan of Jack White. I think he is. I think he's very underrated. Mm. You know, like he he's a proper rock star. You know, but he's very musical. You know, and he's he's very he he like upholds these old traditions you know these blues and um, yeah just you know he's very old-fashioned like he's very old school so i like him a lot you know like he, he's trying to bring him bring back um the resurgence of vinyl you know like he's he's got like a printing press or something oh that's so, cool yeah he's just he's just a really cool dude you know and he's 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 worked with like jimmy page and joe perry things like that like he's done some really cool stuff with some big names yeah a few a few months ago he was on an episode of uh broken record with rick rubin and in that episode, Neil Young just kind of pops in. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, he just pops in, and uh, <laughs> I, I guess he. I don't know. I don't know where it's being recorded. Maybe it's being recorded at Rick Rubin's place, and, and Neil Young's in town or something. And uh, and yeah, the, the episode kind of turns into just Jack White and Neil Young kind of shooting shit and talking about music and stuff. It's really cool. It's a really cool episode. Yeah. You should listen to it. Yeah. Oh man. I think that's the end of Matt's music news, and that probably brings us to the end of. It's <laughs> <laughs> not even a news section. <laughs> oh, mate! Uh, that probably brings us to the end of the episode. Yeah, really fun. Yeah, yeah, good, good vibes. If you would like to appear on an episode or just get in touch with us generally, and uh, just tell us how much you like our voices, then you can contact us via the contact form on superfannews.net, or you can email us at superfancast@outlook.com. You can follow us on Twitter or on Facebook by looking for Superfancast. Leave a review on your on your favourite podcast player. Tell us and, if you don't like us. Yeah, tell us if you don't like us, definitely. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to stop, but we'll... Uh, what will we do? We probably won't do anything. Just, but just still tell us. <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll probably talk about you. We'll talk episode. about you. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, anything yeah. else from you, Matt? No, just, just make sure that you get a good night's sleep. Stay away from Matt's medicine cupboard. Stay away from my medicine cupboard. Stay safe. Keep rocking, and we'll see you next time. 안녕히 가세요.